Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 18th installment of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. In the last two episodes, I talked about some of the best and some of the worst teams to play the game of baseball. We covered all of the seasons that either made the decade for fan bases and some other seasons that other fan bases would want to forget pretty much as soon as possible. In both of these episodes, I brought up some names of some notable players that still had a pretty successful season, either despite the disappointing season or ones that helped push the team to truly the next level. But today, we'll be talking about money. Now, money is something that we all need to buy a new baseball glove or the new PlayStation 5, and it can be exchanged for goods and services as that classic Homer Simpson line describes. Now, according to ESPN, the average salary for a Major League Baseball player is around $4.05 million in 2019, third to the NBA, who sits around $8.32 million, and the IPL, which sits around $5.3 million a year on average. Now, that's a lot of cash. And if a baseball player shows loads of potential and world-class skills, a team will obviously sign them to a huge deal. Sometimes these deals can be a comfortable one or two million dollar deal, but occasionally there will be a deal involving numbers you never thought possible, and contracts so outlandish you wish you paid better attention in t-ball. Today, we'll be talking about some of the most ridiculous contracts to ever slide under a baseball player's pen, and make a decision if they really worked out well in the end. We'll start with one of the most recent deals that the San Diego Padres just stroke up with Fernando Tatis Jr. that actually set a record for the longest deal in baseball history. On February 22nd, 2021, Fernando Tatis signed a $340 million deal stretched over 14 years with a $10 million signing bonus. Now, the deal pays Tatis more as time goes on, just in case anything happens to the young Dominican Republic product. He earns $11 million in 2021, and then $5 million in 2022, $7 million in 2023, $11 million in 2024, and so on and so forth until he reaches $36 million a year, starting in around 2029. By the time he reaches 2029, he'll be just over halfway through his contract. The contract lasts until 2035 before Tatis becomes a free agent. However, even though he will be a free agent, he'll be 36 years old by that point. So, was this a good deal for the Padres? Well, I think it could be. You see, the Padres did a really smart thing of not really paying him the biggest amounts of his contract until it's a few years in. And again, just in case something happens to Tatis, like injuries or a decrease in performance. But that's the thing. This is a 14-year contract. Tatis has already played two seasons, meaning that he'll be in season 16 of his career by the end of his contract. Now, it's not uncommon for a player especially of all-star caliber, to stay in the league that long. But 
he's still pretty young. I mean, who knows how he's going to turn out as he develops. As of right now, Tatis is sitting at a 301 career batting average with 39 career home runs and a silver slugger under his belt. I mean, there's a lot of hype around this kid, and we'll see if this contract works out for the Padres in the end. Next up, what kind of contract-related podcast would this be if we didn't talk about Bobby Bonilla? Now, this is easily one of the most ridiculous, completely messed up, and honestly, kind of hilarious contracts in the history of the MLB. Now, as a matter of fact, Bobby Bonilla's contract is still very much in effect and won't actually be fully paid until July 1st of 2035, 14 years from now. (laughs) Bobby signed a guaranteed contract in 1991 with the New York Mets that was supposed to be five years, $29 million. Now, at the time, it was the largest baseball contract in the history of the MLB. The contract earned Bobby $500,000 every year from 2004 to 2023. Now, after jumping around a bit with a few different teams, including a World Series championship with the Florida Marlins at the time, Bonilla returned to the Mets in 1999 with his contract still very much on the table. Now, to this point, Bonilla had been playing relatively well, hitting 294 with the Marlins and getting 66 home runs in his time away from the Mets. But in 1999, he played horribly. Bonilla only played in 60 games, batting 160 with only 4 home runs and 18 runs batted in. Now to be fair, by this point he was 36 and already 16 years into his career. He was constantly arguing with the Mets coaching staff And according to some stories, even played cards with Ricky Henderson down in the clubhouse during, during game six of the 1999 National League Championship Series between the Mets and the Braves that the Mets would, well, unsurprisingly lose. The Mets released Bonilla in 2000, but because of the guaranteed deal that he signed all the way back in 1991, the Mets still owed him $5.9 million dollars. Now, Bonilla's agent, Dennis Gilbert, struck a deal with the Mets at that point, which included paying Bonilla $1.19 million every year on July 1st from 2011 to 2035. So, even though Bonilla eventually retired in 2001, he was to be paid by the Mets for just under three and a half decades after he retired. So, if you ever need a reason to celebrate on July 1st, why don't you celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day and possibly one of the worst deals in the history of professional baseball. Now, this isn't the only contract that was created a very long time ago and is still being paid out to this day. No, Bruce Suter and the Atlanta Braves still have a deal going, set to end in 2022. Now, a lot of people don't really know who Bruce Suter is, despite him being a Hall of Famer. And that's alright, because... He hasn't actually pitched in the major leagues since 1988. He retired after 12 seasons at the age of 35. He has a pretty modest 2.83 career ERA, but a less than pretty 68-71 and record as a closer. But at the start of his career, he was really, really good. 
Half of the 12 years he played, he was an all-star. And he was in Cy Young talks five times and actually won the award in 1979 when he had league-best 37 saves. As a matter of fact, he led the league in saves in five seasons of his career. In 1984, Suter signed a six-year, $4.8 million deal with another $4.8 million that was put into a deferred account with 13% interest. Now, a kind of interesting point to bring up here is that all of the contracts I bring up have in some way to do with these deferred contracts, meaning that long-term contracts can be fulfilled long after a player is out of the league. Now, this is a pretty smart thing for some teams because it allows for more payroll flexibility to sign other players. And if there's no interest involved in the contracts, it could technically save teams quite a bit of money as they're able to rebuild that money as the seasons go on. However, in Suter's case, the 13% interest was enough to pay the now 63-year-old, by the way, $1.2 million every year from 1991 to 2021 with a final payment worth $9.1 million coming to Suter in 2020. I mean, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> now, as I just mentioned, deferred contracts are a big theme in these players. Most recently, we've seen players like Max Scherzer, who gets $15 million a year from 2022 to 2028 from the Nationals, as well as deferred payments going to Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, and Rafael Soriano at the same time. Even closer to home, the Rockies are sending $13.1 million to Todd Helton every year at 3% interest from 2014 to 2023. Now, as I was looking through all of these contracts, it surprised me just how common these deferred payments really are. It might seem a bit ridiculous to us fans as we see our team's hard-earned cash get shipped away to players we haven't seen on the field in years. But in a weird business way, it makes sense. The only thing is, some of these contracts seem just a little bit too crazy, even from a business standpoint. That's why the Bobby Bonilla and Bruce Suter contracts are just so ridiculous, because instead of finishing the payments on the contracts a few years out of their career, maybe up to a decade, they're finishing them a few decades after they retire. Not only that, but they're still paying really unbelievable amounts of money, usually with interest, to players that many have kind of forgotten, if you think about it. But what about straight, deferment-free contracts that come in the form of contract extensions, just like that Fernando Tatis Jr. one? I mean, we really don't have to go that far to find a pretty high one. In 2020, Mookie Betts signed a contract extension that stretched 12 years with the Dodgers, paying $365 million to the 28-year-old right fielder. Now, this was a bit of an eye-opener to a lot of fans for a lot of reasons. The biggest being that Mookie will be 40 <laughs> by the end of his contract. Now, that's not old, you know, in general, but for a baseball player... 40 is really starting to get up there. And not only that, but 
the contract puts Mookie second on the list of biggest all-time deals in the history of the MLB as he makes an average $30.4 million every year. This could be a good deal for the Dodgers, as long as Mookie stays healthy and his bat stays hot, kind of like what I was saying with a few of the other contracts. He's actually been floating around a 300 batting average pretty much his entire career, and continues to make gold glove plays out in the outfield. And honestly, I think it'll be very interesting to see how he improves or worsens as he gets older. But even then, that's only second place on this biggest all-time deals in the history of the MLB. Now, first goes to none other than the quote-unquote Babe Ruth of our generation, Mike Trout. Mike Trout is, without a doubt, one of the most incredible, consistent ball players of this generation. Completely, without a doubt. I mean, no argument there. He's definitely one of the biggest household names with one of the most potent bats that you'll ever see. Trout has a career 304 batting average with 302 home runs, 1,308 hits, and 944 RBIs in his 10 seasons in the big leagues. He's won the MLB MVP award three times and has been an all-star eight out of the 10 years that he's played. Not only that, but his Rookie of the Year award and his eight Silver Sluggers look pretty good on his shelf as well. And I think it's safe to say that he very much deserves his 12-year, $430-plus dollars deal that earns him about $35.8 million a year. The deal has no opt-outs and keeps Trout in the Angels system until 2030, so pretty much for the rest of his career. Now, as I've said with every contract that I've talked about again and again, there are a lot of obvious risks with making a deal this massive. Injuries and performance will always be a question, but seeing how Trout has played the past 10 years and really cemented himself as a household name, I think at the very least he will continue to draw in crowds that will earn the Angels plenty of money to make up over the next few years. Now, there's loads of other contracts that I didn't quite have time for that really show the incredible amount of money that flows through baseball. But it's been really fun to see how absolutely crazy some of these contracts are. It's definitely worth checking out who your favorite sports team is still paying money to, even after all these years. Let me just put it this way. There are very few teams that aren't guilty of it. So next week's episode, we'll be doing a bit of a preview of the 2021 MLB season and try to make some predictions of where every team is going to end up, as well as explain some underdogs that could shine their way through. We finally made it out of the long and dark offseason. It's finally time for baseball. Thank you for listening.